3: Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
4: Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast on the opening day of the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas. My name is David Law. I'm joined today by Catherine Whitaker, as normal. But guess who I've got as a special guest? It's only Greg Rzedski. Greg. How you doing that was a pretty exciting first day of action between Great Britain and Australia here one all overnight but it hasn't exactly gone I think as we expected to do well, I think the first match went as expected. I mean, Murray was sensational. I thought that's the best tennis I've
5: seen him play in a long time. 77% second serve points. One, that's an area we talk about Murray a lot about and also playing aggressive tennis. Really just dominant performance. The second match was interesting because Tomek got off to a great start, you know, looked very comfortable, setting a break, and then Dan Evans comes back, loses tiebreaker. Tomek serves the match, gets broken, loses the tiebreaker. We we're into the fourth set right there, and they were thinking, okay, could this possibly be another heroic effort from Dan Evans but uh, Tomek got the job done looking like he was cramping tired but uh, probably the score everybody
4: thought one apiece at the end of the day yeah it's pretty much how it tallies with what I was watching on BBC Radio 5 Live Sports Extra in the commentary booth there you were watching for British Eurosport who are obviously covering the tie as well Catherine you were in the stands watching some of that what was the atmosphere like being out there courtside
1: Rowdy and rowdier as the day went on. Not just because there was alcohol being consumed. I think because they were being given plenty to feed on. It was extraordinary. I, I was actually in a largely corporate stand. It was still pretty rowdy. I mean, the, as I as I tweeted earlier, the chap behind me, as the players were walking on court and uh, the Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond started playing, the chap behind me turned to his whoever he was with. I couldn't see, and he went, "This isn't like Wimbledon, is it?"
4: Well, that's certainly what it's not like. Greg, when you're in that environment and you're, you're playing these matches, how aware are you of the crowd? I mean, you know, tennis players talk so much about focus and getting in the zone and all that kind of thing, but I suppose it's a balance, isn't it, between feeding off the crowd's energy but not, I mean, I saw Andy Murray come out after his singles match, sit down calmly, and I sensed he was probably trying not to get overly wound up because he's got to play maybe the doubles tomorrow.
5: Well I think that's what was so impressive from by Andy Murray was you know we saw the US Open where we had these mood swings especially against the match with Kevin Anderson this time he was controlled composed because he knows he probably has to win three matches for us to be in the Davis Cup Finals so he did the perfect thing to start stayed there from the first ball to the last ball not wasting any energy whatsoever so like tomorrow the doubles is going to be huge and that's where we're going to have the atmosphere and that's where he's got to find the balance of using the crowd and keeping his motions intact and using it at the right time, so he's got to find the balance. If he finds the balance with his brother, I think we're going to win that match, and then be in the Davis Cup Finals.
4: His own form out there today, I mean, you've seen a lot of Andy Murray commentating for British Eurosport, or watching in any other circumstance that you might get an opportunity to watch him in, but in terms of how cleanly he was hitting a tennis ball, I mean, you wouldn't believe that he would coming on for for his first match he was just seeing it so well wasn't he
5: well he was he was relaxed he was comfortable and he was confident i think all that practice he did with Kokonakis at the french open u.s open also playing doubles with him he knew exactly what to expect out there when you know exactly what to expect and that your opponent cannot hurt you you can play your tennis at its highest level and that's what he did today comfortable when a player is comfortable it doesn't matter if it's in this environment doesn't matter if it's a wimbledon you're going to play well, especially for the likes of
4: Murray, Federer, and Djokovic. Well, the players now have left this deserted Emirates Arena suddenly. It's been so noisy here all day. Suddenly you can barely hear a pin drop. Catherine, Greg and I just waiting outside the press room at the moment where the press conferences will start soon with Leon Smith coming in. Simon Briggs from The Telegraph is in there at the moment. He'll be trying to get this piece written by his deadline, hence why he's not here on the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph today. But Greg Roszinski is. Now, Greg, tomorrow the doubles... What do you think about for a team? Do you, is, is, the, is it just a no brainer? Basically, Murray's in and he's playing alongside his brother, and that's the end of it. It's the worst kept secret in the world, probably. Murray and Murray are going to
5: show up. We're in Glasgow, we're in Scotland. If you choose Dom Inglott, no disrespect to him, he's had a great semifinals, getting to the semi finals of the US Open. It's going to be the Murray brothers here. It has to be. Even Leighton Hewitt's talked about it, and the Australian captain went out publicly after the match and said, Look, we're playing Groth and we're playing
4: Hewitt, that's it. We're expecting the Murray brothers out there, and that's what's going to happen tomorrow. I did love the way. Wally Mazor just said, yeah, we're, we're, we're playing Groth and uh, Hewitt. Who are you lot playing? And I mean, you know, everybody in the whole stadium could quite clearly s- say who it was going to be between tomorrow. Catherine, in terms of when that match with Evans was going on courtside, was there a feeling that this is going to turn round? Because my sense in the commentary box, I think I said at 4-5, when he'd already got one of the breaks back in that fourth set, I, th- I, th- I said, if he breaks back here, I think Tomek is done because he looked out on his feet to me.
1: Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. There was an incredibly gritty final game for Ben Tomek, having failed to close it out on two, two previous occasions. He was making no secret at all, no even modicum of attempt to disguise just how shot he was physically, was he, Ben Atomic? I mean, he just looked completely dead on his feet. Um, and uh, Dan Evans wasn't in ship shape himself, but was uh, was certainly finding something from somewhere. Uh, probably helped along a fair amount by the crowd, I would say. Just to add to what Greg was saying about the doubles, Andy said in his press earlier, I want to play doubles. So for me, that's the last barrier to him possibly playing removed because the, on- the only way he would not play is if he said, look, if I'm going to be uh, in shape for the second singles, I don't think I should play doubles. So if he's saying I want to play, of course he plays.
4: Yeah, that's the end of the story really, isn't it, Greg? I mean... That record that Bernard Tomic has actually got in Davis Cup is really impressive. I mean, I said there he looked out on his feet, but he actually finds ways to get the wins on the board, and it was noticeable the way Leighton Hewitt was standing on the baseline in his eye line, getting in his face and making sure there was no drop in level for a second.
5: Well, that's Captain Hewitt. He already, to me, seems like he's the captain on the court because you look at the practice sessions, he's with all the players, he's talking to them, and while he's the intern captain before Leighton becomes a captain when he retires um, this year in the Australian Open. On top of that, with Tomek, even if he would have been pushed to a fifth set, I think he would have still found a way to get it done. You know, he looked hard. To me, it was more psychological than physiological. With Dan Evans, to me, it looked more physiological than mental because Dan hasn't played three out of five sets match. Bernie Tomek came from the U.S. Open where he defeated a certain Leighton Hewitt one of the toughest competitors on the planet, saving two match points to win in five sets. So uh, for me, I kind of saw that a little bit different, that match-up.
4: It was more in the mind. Now he can free up and loosen up because all the pressure's off him. Such an interesting Davis Cup tie, isn't there? Because there's so many possibilities for team selection, particularly on the Australia side with the reverse singles. Or do you think that it picks itself? Miles McLaghan was saying to us on 5 Live that maybe he could see Sam Groth coming in to play against Andy Murray. What would you do?
5: Well, I think it's going to be very intriguing. I think the doubles is going to be the key. Whatever happens tomorrow is going to define what happens on the Sunday. So, for example, if Australia win... I wouldn't be surprised if Hewitt plays the deciding rubber. Maybe they throw Groth in. Maybe they keep Tomek. Probably Groth because Tomek, if you look at his record, he's 2-0. and He's never beaten Murray. He's been basically destroyed the last two times they've played. So that wouldn't be a shock. But the doubles is the key. Murray's not losing in singles. Let's put it straight out there. The way Murray pl- played today, I don't care. You'd need Novak Djokovic to come here all of a sudden to beat him. Nobody else is beating him at the moment. So singles, I'd say, is a given for Murray. The doubles is the key. The rest won't matter until we know the result from tomorrow.
1: How about the speed of the court, though, Greg? It is slow, isn't it? That is not going to favour Sam Groth, is it? He's not going to enjoy playing on this surface. Wouldn't you say it perhaps suits Bernard Tomic better than a Sam Groth?
5: Yeah, but you look at the head-to-head records, and and the problem you have is where do you see Bernie actually hurting Andy? Everything Bernie does is a worse version of Andy Murray. So it's a question, okay, at least Groth, you know, he's going to serve 164 miles an hour. So, you know, if I looked at this matchup, this court was suited against the big servers like Groth against Curios, who was the biggest threat by the Australian team, in my opinion, to possibly get a point off of Murray. Anybody else you look at here, you don't see that happening.
1: Yeah, agree alike. with that. Are you saying you would have picked uh, you would have picked Nick Kyrgios?
5: I would have, but obviously I don't know the background. of thirteen weeks, obviously psychologically, he wasn't ready. You know, it's it's a risk, but in his, in a second respect, it's a calculated risk. But obviously they're looking for him, his emotional well being, which is probably the most important thing, and you have to respect Tennis Australia for doing so. Would you have picked Dan Evans? Um, It's interesting to see. It's worth a punt. I mean, I think, Leon, it was worth a punt with the situation. Obviously, Ward 0-10 coming into here. He hadn't won a match since Wimbledon. Kyle twisted his ankle slightly. The only thing I wish about Dan Evans is he was a seasoned pro like a Kyle Edmund who would work every single day and say maybe after this sort of match he decides, okay, I'm going to put in the work for three months if we get to the finals or two months or whatever it is. And if he does that... I mean, how much better a player would he be? And that's you the tell frustration. Us. He would be a much better player. He should be a top 50 player, in my opinion.
1: But the thing is, though, Greg, not, you're absolutely right, but he knows that, doesn't he? People have t- been telling him that for years. He knows he's making a calculated call, isn't he? I, I know I could be a bit better, but I just don't want to put in that extra whatever percent it is to get there. He's he's taking the gamble with his own career, isn't he? And he, he is entitled to do that as frustrating a fact as it is.
5: I I completely agree you know it's his choice but you would think after a moment like this 8,000 people how many people would give their front teeth to be playing for their country in front of 8,000 people you're thinking maybe one day it'll drop I've got Andy Murray you know the third best player on the planet probably our best ever player possible. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact
1: You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code Pod 20 for 20% off your annual subscription
5: in our sport we've ever had since Fred Perry. You think, what an opportunity. I could go out there if I keep working out and possibly win the Davis Cup if I get to the finals and be selected as a second singles player. I think, okay, let's take maybe 60 to 90 days and work my
4: backside off. Greg Rosetsky, (laughs) just before you go, Greg, and we join uh, the press conferences with Leon Smith that is about to start. Greg, what do you think is going to happen the rest of this tie? Who's going to win? Are Britain going to be in the final? And who are they going to play?
5: Yes, they're going to be in the finals. Andy Murray and Jamie Murray are going to win the doubles. It's going to be an epic match. And then Murray's going to do the job on Sunday and we'll be up 3-1 and in the finals, most likely against Belgium. Greg Rozeski
4: here with us on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, supported by BNP Power Bar. And Greg is here, courtesy of British Eurosport. Greg, it's been great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Let's go and see what Leon Smith has made of it all.
1: Leon, yesterday I'd imagine you made the biggest decision in your captaincy so far in the Davis Cup. Do you feel Dan's performance and grit today justified that decision?
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually looked at a lot of the press and media about this decision that seemingly was so big. But, you know, those three players that it's difficult to choose from because there's so many factors involved. Um, so, yeah, it was a big call because some, you know, two of them are going to miss out. But I think, um, you know, I think with the match-up with Tomic, I think uh, with the court, um, I think kind of got it right. Um, it's a shame because I actually think, we, you know, we really could have won that match with Evo against Tomic because um, had he not lost serve, you know, early in the sets, he could, if he could got a lead... I think his confidence was there to see. I think, OK, he's been winning matches at lower level, but he was really confident. Um, but when you're playing catch-up, it's just very difficult. And I think that's the thing that he's probably he's probably missed playing against players. OK, that one's 20-odd in the world, but even 40, 50, 60, 70, or just to sharpen the senses and realise that you, you, you can't afford to miss uh, one or two balls in your service games. Um, and that, I think that will help tighten him up uh, if mm. it needed on Sunday.
1: And in terms of Andy Murray, I think everybody was expecting, hoping that he would get the victory, but the way he did it was quite special, wasn't it?
0: Uh, Yeah, he was really, really good today, uh, and he's worked hard for that. He he practised very well all week. He was very clear on what he wanted to practise on, which is important. He's always striving to improve, um, and he got it right today, bang on. Um, You know, He was aggressive with the ball, he served well, he returned very well. Um, I thought he got up to the short balls really quickly and I think it was very clinical today, That was an excellent performance
1: And looking at the doubles, I know you haven't had a chance to chat to Andy about it he came into press after his match and said he wanted to play that being the case, is he the obvious choice going into the doubles
0: tomorrow? Uh, it, it's obviously a conversation that I'll have um, I've not managed to speak to him yet uh, because obviously he finished his match and then we sit on court with Drew Evans' match um, so I'll catch up with him Jamie, Dom when we get back and you know, it's taken the obvious if Andy's wanting to play then of course uh, he puts himself in the driving seat um, but we've got a, a full weekend to consider
1: and I just have a quick word from you on the crowd the Glaswegian crowd here again extraordinary aren't they?
0: Uh, you know, as soon as we, we had the possibility to come back to the Emirates you know, we jumped at it and I'm sure in the future we'll keep jumping at it because they've earned the right to, to, to see this team play here because they they make such unbelievable noise. And what's important is that it's fine when the team is winning or the players are winning, but it's through those close moments and especially when the players are losing. Like we saw Dan was down every set there. They got behind him and they kept that makes them fight and push and keep focus that little bit longer. It makes a big, big difference.
1: Well, well done today and best of luck for the remaining two days, Leon.
4: Thank you very much. So that's the captain of the Great Britain team, Leon Smith. What about the captain of the Australian team? Here's Wally Mazur.
1: Wally, most people were expecting it to be one-all after the first day, but how much did the way the day unfolded differ to what you expected?
2: Yeah, it did a little. I mean, Andy probably exceeded my expectations. I know that might sound a little strange because he's been such a good player for a long time, but I don't think I can remember him executing a match quite so clinically uh, from start to finish. He just seemed incredibly focused. You know, Andy, he can drift and uh, you know he can start playing some pretty defensive tennis, but he was on it. Uh, from start to finish, and he, he was super impressive. And I guess he's pretty proud, Scott. He's playing here in Glasgow. I know he's representing Jay, uh, Great Britain, but he was pumped. There's no doubt about that. So that was a bit, a bit more lopsided than I anticipated. Um, and the second one was a lot closer. And I thought Bernie's been in good form, won a lot of matches this year. Dan, of course, has sort of drifted in and out of the tour, played futures and challenges, but he showed us that he's he's a talented guy, and if he actually stuck to task. There's no reason why he wouldn't be a good, solid top 100 player, but um, I guess ultimately Bernie's won a lot of matches this year and he found a way to win, tougher than I thought it would be.
1: Honestly, how nervous were you in uh, in that Atomic match when Bernie failed to uh, close out the match on those two occasions, and Evans got back into it in the full set?
2: You are probably not going to believe this, but I am not nervous. I am honestly not. I just it is what it is. Um, I've seen it all before, um, and you you just hope that. Um, you, obviously, I am aware that Bernie was fatiguing a bit, but I am also aware Dan is fatiguing a little bit, so I am just trying to remind Bernie. Always have a look at the other end of the court. No matter how you're feeling, always make sure you're aware of how your opponent's feeling. So uh, I'm not nervous. I feel more nervous in the week preceding that I've got the training right, the hours right. Everyone's got what they need to play well. That's what really worries me more. Once the matches start, it's it's almost in the lap of the gods. And hopefully I can be a voice of reason on the sideline. I'm not going to necessarily change the course of events, but hopefully I can help.
1: Just finally looking ahead to the doubles, you've named Hubert and Groth. Will you make any changes? And obviously Leon has named Jamie Murray and Dom Inglot. Do you still definitely expect him to make that one crucial change?
2: I think you could put Andy in. Why not? Andy's playing great tennis. Um, No disrespect to Dom Inglot, who's also playing great tennis and has done really well in doubles lately. But Andy, I think you'll put Andy in. That's just what I think. I'm being candid with you and I can look you in the eyes and say, I won't be changing my team.
4: So, Catherine, uh, pretty categoric from Wally Mazur. A little bit different to the way Leon Smith plays things at these times. I noticed in the press conference I felt as though Leon Smith just hesitated for a second when he was asked and thought, shall I tell them who I'm going to play? No, nah, I'm not going to do that at all.
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting press conference from Leon Smith, wasn't it? I saw a couple of times, one moment in particular where a journalist uh, asked Dan Evans, he was sitting alongside Dan Evans, the the second singles player and the captain come in together, and Dan Evans was asked, well, the question was put to him, I expect if all goes to plan, Dan, you won't be needed to win on... uh, on Sunday because uh, GB will already have got the doubles tie and uh, an Andy Murray win under their belts. And Leon Smith was shaking his head. I mean, he, he almost interjected. He was so annoyed, I think, at the um, phrasing of that question because that is the last thing he wants his players, let alone Dan Evans, to be thinking. He really has worked so hard on on instilling a nothing taken for granted. It's not all about Andy Murray attitude into that team. And honestly, he looked he looked like he wanted to step in and say to Dan, don't listen, Dan, that's not how it is at all. And of course, Dan's been well-schooled and um, well-prepared, and he said, no, that's not how I'm thinking at all. But Wally Massour, I noticed on the court, he looked like he was just watching it on the telly. He was so relaxed, even at the most nerve-wracking moments. I, I fully believe him in that interview when he told me, I don't get nervous. He didn't look remotely tense, even for a moment. It was extraordinary.
4: Absolutely. Well, it's been a cracking first day here in Glasgow. Ended as we probably expected, one all overnight. Catherine, you were sitting courtside through that match and got some of the atmosphere. I mean, BNP Paribas have created this fan academy back in July. We saw that. We heard it on the tennis podcast during the Britain against France tie, with uh, groups of French and British fans chanting and being trained by John McEnroe about how to be the best supporters they can possibly be. Well, they've ramped it up a bit more. This time. They've got about three times as many fans. They're they're putting them through the paces before play each each day. And it was a heck of an atmosphere,
1: wasn't it? It was unbelievable. I think that word is used far too much in sport, but it, it really was i i was quite, i want to be in the fan academy they just they just looked like they were having such a great time even when things weren't i think the best thing about them and this has been picked up on by leon smith and all the players is that they cheer just as loudly if not more loudly when the players not doing well and there's actually nothing to cheer they're cheering to because they know they're needed you know it's lovely having them cheer when andy murray's 6 3 6 love 3 1 up that's brilliant but Andy didn't need them then. Whereas, you know, they were there for Dan Evans when he really did need them. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't quite enough, but they sure made a difference in that match. It was uh, it was a joy to be here.
4: Yeah, it certainly was. One all overnight in this semi final of the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas. The second one is taking place in Brussels, in Belgium, at the moment. It saw David Goffan win the first rubber against Federico Del Bonis. The second rubber has gone the way of the Argentines, so it is one all overnight, three sets to one for Leonardo Maia against Steve Darcy's 7-6, 7-6, 4-6, 6-3, Finally balanced over there. So that is going to be a heck of a doubles match to look forward to as well. So both semi-finals level at one, rubber apiece overnight as we go into Saturday's doubles. It's going to be fun.